Oh. <laughs> I was recording I'm glad the backup, didn't do the Kevin. whole thing and then figure out, yeah. oops, we need to record yeah. this. wouldn't that suck? Hey, everybody, it's Kevin Hoagland, and welcome to the On the Gold podcast webcast. And today we have two very, very special guests, Mr. Chris Ralph, one of my great friends and the author of Fistful of Gold, and Mr. Kib Cannon, the owner and operator of the Gold King Creek Alaska Mine. And I'm sorry if I'm looking down from the camera a little bit because I've got all these guys up on my screen. And welcome to Chris and Kib. Welcome to the On the Gold podcast. Wait for everything else. Good to be here. So, guys, let's talk about Alaska. I mean, we I was up there a couple of years ago at Gold King Creek, went up for two weeks, ended up staying three weeks, a lot of other things. Kip, tell me what's been going on since uh since I was up there two years ago. Well, geez, uh after you left that year, we had a great season. Uh, a lot of people came in, and they all had a, just a great time prospecting for gold. Uh last year. Uh, unfortunately, with the COVID uh, uh, virus that come through, kind of hurt us a little bit, but we're still able to provide service for some people and uh, had a great time uh, putting it down. We found some great pay dirt and everybody uh, really uh, had a great time getting out there and running the the, the gold hogs that we have available. Uh, we've also built our own uh, boxes this year. So we've got some uh, steel ones that are a little bit uh, bigger. Um, does take so you can't fill it a little bit faster um, but again always the trick making sure you get your tailings out of the way but they're easier to operate uh, which is a really good thing doesn't break the legs off so really we're really excited about the new equipment um, we stacked up a big pile of pay dirt for people to dig in um, so that way people can be able to you know sit there continuously and dig without having to continue to bring pay dirt to them which has been a big issue um, right. and for um God, so what else have we gotten done? Last year, we had some great prospecting for nuggets. Um, I've had a couple of guys come up out of Arizona that are great metal detectors. And it was unbelievable the amount of gold that was found in my trash trenches, trash, blah, 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 test trenches of old. You know, I thought there was no gold in these trenches. And when you got guys down there pulling out nuggets, I had to scratch my head a little bit and go back and look at what I missed. And again, as you well know, there in the old Gold King Creek, you know, everything's in different strata layers that run through. And you know, you could go right past a nugget vein and be digging below it and, and not get anything. So it was uh, quite exciting. It's been able to open back up more areas. Um, I've actually, uh, we got a lot of customers over there this year with uh, the Mine Lab metal detectors and uh Every time I cleaned up a cut, they would go in there and they'd find more gold that I'd left behind. So that's really opened my eyes up some more. So um, sure. the excitement, we've uh, again, we've uh, did a little bit more uh, modifications out there. Um, I, you know, it's still a gold camp. So, you know, but, uh, you know, we've got a little bit more uh, heat going on a little bit, got more leaks fixed in the ceiling, which is always a great thing to do. I mean, I, you know, for me, all those years, those leaking roofs didn't mind to me. I just had buckets catching all that rainwater. And, but nowadays, I guess uh, you got to fix the leaks in the ceiling, Kib. So I've been fixing the leaks in the ceiling and getting that done. Um, again, we've got a new porch up, so fixed some railing last year. So places looking top notch. We'll have more of that done when people arrive this year. Um, Boy, and again, uh, the, again, the excitement that we have is just unbelievable. This year is really going to be a big one, and I'm really encouraging people to, to take advantage of what we have. So, Sure, absolutely. Uh, what about dredging? I know that you were going to open up a few areas uh, for dredging and make some cuts. 
Well, all, oh, look at that. Look at that I, look I on his face. It's always kind of comical. You, you know, again, you've been out there in Gold King Creek, and you know, the first thing they did was uh, first thing they did was suck up a big hole. And I, I kept there and sat there and watching them. They got done at the end of the day. They didn't have any gold. And I said, Well, how far deep do you want to go down in that hard pan? Because last time I checked, the gold's about two feet up above where you're at. So they wanted to dig that big hole so they could get their wetsuits on and get down there like a real suction dredge. And I told them, Well, you could have done that with a pair of hip boots and stayed on the pay. But that's really what happens when you're doing a suction dredge is that, again, with that pay being where it's at, if you don't realize that, it, it you know it can cause you some issues, and you'd be sucking up dirt, uh, you know, just creamy yellow hard pan that doesn't have anything in it. So, yeah. got a real kick out of that. Um, and again, it seems that every rock we have in Gold King Creek seems to plug that that suction dredge. So they were out there unplugging that nozzle and unplugging that nozzle, and um, and as I and this was a five inch that we were testing this year, and it was comical to watch these guys do it because. I was sitting there watching those guys across the creek shoveling at a nice even pace into that high banker and watching it go through and another guy shoveling and another guy doing this. And these two guys down there just sucking like little mad dogs and throwing rocks and getting all wet and cold. And by the time everybody got done, they went and compared the two. They found out maybe it was just a little easier and a little warmer to do that high banker than it is in the water. But and then you now go, you're setting up more high I'll let you rock on it. All right. So uh, it was pretty comical. Again, when you start running that high banker, you know, you got that material coming down to you that I, you know, again, it's not fair for me to high grade that material, obviously. So they get in there and they start sucking and bringing down the bank and tree limbs falling on them and stuff. And, you know, that's where they all said, yeah, I think we're going to go back to the high banker because we enjoy the warmth and they can get more gold. So, and again, I try to make sure it is that way. Um, and again, it's not like being in California where you can get down there or in those rivers that you can get down below the water and have your scuba deer on. And I mean, these guys get out of this airplane and they got the mask, they got the helmet, they got, you know, everything in the world they're going to need for this thing. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head, giggling to myself, going, this is going to be great. I can't wait to watch all this, but yeah. So needless to say, the five inch is still sitting there. They tried to sell it and they tried to sell it online and everybody wanted to buy it. But by the time they figured out that it cost to fly it back to Fairbanks, it costs more than going to buy a new one. So they thought they'd just leave it there. So <laughs> yeah. So we still have it. And then I do have a, a three inch um, high banker uh, suction dredge set up. Again, kind of the same thing. It's, you know, it's a lot easier to bring that material through the high bank that's already been dug up and placed there than having to um, sit there and try to suck it that's already still pretty hard into the pay dirt itself. So that's a big deal. And keeping those tailings away from the of the of the of the of the sluice box and having that area to to, you know, not bury yourself back onto it. So couple of, you know, again, still stuff that we can expound on. Um, I still encourage anybody to do whatever they feel like doing. That's why you're there is to, to try and to work on the different stuff. And I'll try to oblige to make sure everybody can do that deal. So, Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And, and for me, the ability to just go out there, walk across or drive, ride the quad across from the porch and just be on the high banker with that massive pile that you brought out there uh how more it doesn't get much more convenient than that and then it was great gold i mean i i 
I have no complaint about the gold that I brought home. Nope. Again, I spoil people. You know how I am. If I get something that's really good, you know, I'll call in, you know, you know, Big Bertha and we'll bring him in there and we'll fill it up and go drop it. You know, I may give you an extra pile for the day. But that does, you know, again, it's kind of like being, you know, I kind of call myself a drug dealer. Is once I start giving them that good stuff, they get all riled up and they can't go back to that other stuff. I got to have that good stuff, Kev. And I giggle at him. I tell him, look, this is mining. Some days we're going to be hot and some days, well, it's a dry hole. So we got to keep on rocking that way. So that's true. And the one thing I do like that you do is that when you bring that material over, uh, and, and I want to make sure everybody understands this, if you're there, the rocks are not pulled out. It's not being run through a grizzly. It's not being run through a screen. That will slow you down, and it'll actually help your recovery by spending the time getting those big rocks out and, and everything else like that. But I think the biggest rock that we had to move was, uh, I don't know, probably, yeah, Somewhere in that neighborhood, 24, 24, 36 inch. Not about that big of a deal for us. You know, if there's anything bigger than that, I usually try to pick it out. I don't want you to have to hurt yourself. But, you know, I'll give you an 80 pounder to move and, and, and you know, if it gets that big. But again, those those big those bigger rocks, as I have found, is that they have fine gold on them. And oh, again, yeah. if you get them up there and you wash them off, you're going to pick up a couple more pieces by washing them off. So, um, and again, you never know what that big rock may have in it also. So again, it's always kind of a, a, a fine way of washing off those grenades and seeing what they got. So, yeah, I don't think there was a big rock that we moved out that we didn't clean up and, and have good gold on. Them. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, actually, I actually read a study that was done where some guys were evaluating different kinds of placer recovery equipment and uh, they screened the material to like, I don't know, minus one inch and, and then processed it and tested it and got the gold out of it. And, and then as a almost like an afterthought, they took the uh, coarser material that was one inch oversized and washed it off and like 30% of the gold that they recovered overall was what they washed off the past <laughs> one inch. Yeah. That's not funny. That's serious. No, no, it's the truth. Oh, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's one of those things that's hilariously funny, but it's also so very, very true. So, oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's classic right there. That's a, that's a dry washer's nightmare. They get out there and they spend, the whole summer or the whole winter out here dry washing. And then somebody like me comes around and starts working their coarse tailings at the end of the season with a little recirculator and take out twice as much gold or as at least as much gold as what they ran through their, their, uh, their dry washer. Hold on. I'm going to get the parrot off my shoulder. Sit tell. Just move that way. <laughs> Your yeah. head's right on my shoulder. It looks like I got two heads. Oh, <laughs> Keep going. There you go. <laughs> like, man, I got two heads growing out of my head here. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so it goes back to like we launched the gravel in our big plant. You know, we take all that stuff and run it, um, you know, through a double screen with a washing system. So that way, when it hits the two inch uh, screen, it definitely gives those bigger boulders a good wash down uh, before we let all those rocks slide off that big grizzly. Uh, and then, you know, and then all that two inch, we run through that trommel. And again, the, you know how the, 
that clay is so sticky and that, you know, that yellow baby stuff is so sticky that it really coats the rocks. And if you don't get those rocks really good and clean, again, that 30% number is very accurate because it will continue to bring that stuff right out. Because those big rocks are, you know, as you look at your formation in that gravel, the bigger rocks are going to be down on that hard pan and they sink down in that hard pan and then the gold gets encrusted on top of those rocks so that's why we have a 35 foot trauma in our bigger operation because we definitely wash those big rocks over and over and over again uh, for 35 feet and we have you know one inch holes going all the way down through our trauma to get down to that one inch stock so but you always have that thought am i losing that bigger nugget but you know, I've only found one that I've really, you know, out of all the time I've been running it, that's I've only found one nugget that it would have made me go, oops, I forgot I should have run the rest of it. But the good news, folks, is that all that material I ran over the years is still all stacked up there nice and clean. And all you have to do is get your metal detector out there and wand away and we could take a look and see if I left any big nuggets behind. But it's funny i get people up there to go take them up there in the spot and you know where it's at uh, kevin we've gone up there in my big open area and the big piles of tailings and people spend about 15 oh they maybe spend an afternoon metal detecting and they go you know i think i want to get back on that high banker i was sure was finding i mean it's just like hit me baby hit me i got to get back on that high banker and away they go so um and i love that part of it so but it's good to see people get out there and really stretch their legs and and really try hard um next year with the dozer i'm going to go back in there and i'm going to hack off about three foot of all that and spread it out a little bit more and open up that area just a little bit more for you know for people to go up there so and do a little bit and do a fresh metal detect over those tailings because you never know what i've left behind there so all right chris there it is that's the open invitation he's going to do a yep. push of the tailings we can do it <laughs> now chris you've been to alaska many times and yep. you've worked around you've you've worked around the Fairbanks area. Uh, yes, uh, I was up at uh, Forty Mile in the Jack Wade Creek area. Right. Oh, so you haven't been down? You haven't worked around the Fairbanks area? Well, I, I mean, we I flew into Fairbanks and then went up to Forty Mile out of right. Fairbanks. Well, you've been doing a lot of studying on the uh, on all of the geology around that area uh, yeah. around the Gold King Creek. Do you want right. to talk about you want to talk about that or are you just going to keep that secret? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just waiting for the right time. Um, you know, we had this discussion last time which for whatever reason didn't get, you know, quality recording time. But uh, you know, we talked about where the gold comes from and there's a a, a big gravel uh, deposit that covers over a lot of the part of the area where uh, Gold King Creek is. And I remember that what we disagreed about, Kip, was where that gravel comes from. We didn't disagree that the gold is coming out of the gravel. We disagreed, and I'm kind of skeptical of the uh, the whole tsunami theory, but that's okay. We, we're agreeing that the gold is coming out of that gravel. Now, further up in some other places in the, uh, the Alaska Range, there's actually creeks that are getting gold out of the hard rock area there that just don't have a lot of that gravel. Um, we talked about the, the new roadway in, I'm hoping that we'll get to, to make that adventure because I think the new road in will be quite an adventure and uh, we'll go by nearby a 4th of July Creek, which is a little tiny Creek that really doesn't have gravel on it. It's way up high 
and uh, there's a fault zone up above there that's shedding the gold, and they got nuggets at uh, Fourth of July that were over an ounce. Yeah, now, that's pretty uncommon down at, at Gold King, but uh, yeah, you've got uh, basically slate and shished up in the high country, and uh, there's quartz veins and fault zones and shear zones and intrusions of various rocks like rhyolite and stuff and the gold is associated with that and then it's over historically it's it's uh been accumulated the material washed down is accumulated in that gravel then the uh, nanana gravel that uh, gold king creek goes through yeah now kib you're you and and chris just said it you're cutting the road in so instead of having to fly in all the time, um, I'm supposed to say that. No, 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 no. It's great. It's it's great because you know Kim talked. Kim talked to me when I was there a couple of years ago about building basically almost a major highway to where people could drive their uh, drive their motor coaches in and different things like that and be. Yeah, right. Yeah, we already got that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. The idea, again, the only drawback to the motor coach is that I get the motor coach high centered on the railroad tracks trying to get over the railroad bridge to the road. And we've lost a couple RVs trying to get across the railroad tracks. But, um, <laughs> all right, so the idea here is that this trail that has essentially, again, the trail we've been using for years is called the Rex Trail. And um, unfortunately, over the years, the Rex Trail is built on a very silty, you know, luvial fans that are just, you know, just horrible. And as they thaw out, it is becoming worse and worse and worse. And under poor management practices by certain agencies, I'll leave them undisclosed. At this moment in time, the trail has really gone to crap. Uh, we got equipment stuck out there. I don't have any equipment stuck out there, but there are people out there currently that have some pretty big track vehicles stuck in it and can't get them out. And I'm sure I'll be getting that phone call shortly to go out there and extract them that they have before. So um, since I'm the only one that's got that equipment out there, but we've had to come back with a thought of bringing in a road so and bring it into that area. So with that, I have found through my studies of the Rex Anna Trail and the Rex Anna Trail has not been used probably since the early 1900s. So it's well overgrown. But this year I did take a four wheeler through there and cleaned it back up. Larry and I made it all the way up to ferry on that road being able to open it up. Now, there is a pretty big swamp we'll have to go through, so that's gonna hamper us starting from our Rochester location to get to Ferry. But my idea is, is that to, for those that are physically able, and again, we're gonna have people that come up that don't have that ability to sit in a truck for six hours. And again, my truck's folks are six by six, five ton military vehicles. And again, they're, they're you know, again, they're, it takes some effort to get in them, let alone ride in them. So we will, uh, I'll be utilizing those. So what we do is I'll take the pa uh, customers down to ferry. And once we get down to the ferry crossing, um, there is only one bridge across the Nanana River, and that is uh, the railroad bridge. But there's a, a, a walkway on the side of the bridge only suitable for very small four-wheelers so it doesn't even take the new you know polaris 550s can't even go down it so right but we'll have something that'll be able to get us across the river there on the bridge and once we get across the bridge that's where the six by sixes will be located and then with that then we'll start up 
uh, and again, this is a major highway. It, 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 they, um, it's the road that goes up to the windmill farm on top of the mountain there. And it's a highway that Golden Valley has built that's, you know, again, a golden highway that you can't get to. We all laugh about it because it's on the other side of the river, obviously. Right. So we'll take that, go up that river or up that, that nice road up to the top. And once we get to the top, we'll drop off down to Liberty Bell, uh, the old Liberty Bell mine, which is an old hard rock mine that's in there, and drop into Eureka Creek, which then that takes us right down to the Totatlanica. And that, that's the headwaters of that big river. And we'll cross that. And then we head up towards Fourth uh, of July Creek and um, uh, all those. Uh, God, that may escapes me. All the other creeks that are in that area. And again, it goes up quite high, as, as Chris said, that as we get up into that upper side, it'll be a breathtaking muse. And, and folks, we're going to be in the Alaska range, not out in the flats. You're going to be in the mountains themselves, deep high walls on each side of us as we go. Um, you know, and crawling through the rocks and the, of the cream, you know, we'll, we'll have to cross that river. Um, but again, that's the wonderful thing about using my five ton military vehicles is that we got 54 inch tires on it. So we can cross that river without any issues, no matter what time of the year it be or any kind of flooding conditions without any issues. And then after we cross that middle section, it'll drop down into the Tatlanica River. And um, there's a mining camp there. And that'll be the uh, where the the creek called Grub State Creek, which was pretty famous back in the mm -hmm. time. That will be meeting up with the Tatlanica. Right above us is Last Chance of Moose Creek, uh, where some active mining is going on. The real great great guys in there. And I'm sure once they figure out I got customers, they'll have to come down and show off for us and what they're doing. They'll probably enjoy having some people out there anyway. And then from there we'll go right up Grub State Creek, which is a real pretty easy trail. Um, Again, I'm not eager about removing all the um, the tundra, guys. That's my biggest point. I really don't want to get up there and start scraping off what I call the insulation for the permafrost. Because once right. we start scraping off that, that tundra, um, it could start causing us muddy issues and, and everything. So we'll try to keep as frozen possible, keep it as natural as possible, and, and stay on our, our, our beaten path. And then that'll take us up into the headwaters of the Gold King Creek. Um, and again, that's where we always stop at the top up there anyway. So we'll be right there at what I call Dead Dog Gulch. And you'll see the operations that we have up there at the top of the creek. And then we'll enjoy our seven mile drive down Gold King Creek to the camp. So a good four to six hour adventure, just depending on, you know, how many times we stop. I would like to eventually um, get with the owner of Liberty Bell. Maybe we could stop there and hang out and do some metal detecting there. You know, again, have places that, again, if people really want to get adventurous, we could stop and camp out and hang out and do it, you know, and, and go in sections. That could be a, a trip within itself. Um, the Tatlanica has been a big deal for me. I have uh, want to get down. There's a, uh, it cuts through the schist down there at its mouth or where it cuts through below um, below Grub State, Kursk and Roosevelt Creek. It cuts through a real uh, ridge of a fault of, of, of schist that cuts through there. And nobody's ever suction dredged that area. And that would be right on Hard Rock. So, um, and again, again, people haven't done it because a lot of water blows through there. So we want to watch that as we go through, but it has huge potential. Uh, my best pan came out of that area uh, with 177 colors in that pan. So that kind of tells you how hot that area could be for us in the future. So 
Um, and again, I'm thinking about, you know, again, it's one of those areas I'd like to put a camp there eventually. So again, always thinking about how I can improve that Alaska adventure for people. And you've got a five inch dredge, so we can we can take care of that one pretty quick. That one there, that's where the five inch dredge belongs to. And um, oh yeah, you talk about dredge. I found <laughs> we came over. Oh yeah, this is so cool, guys. You will not believe this. Larry and I are on our four wheelers, right? And we get down in Areca Creek, which nobody's ever been in Areca Creek that I'm aware of, right? And we get to Areca Creek and we're cruising around in our four wheelers and off to my right, I see this big square thing and it's about the size of a of an RV sitting in the woods. And I look at it and I keep looking at it and it's got a big old stinger sticking out of the front of it. And I said, Larry, I think that's a suction dredge. And he's like, not up in the mountain. They're like, dude, I think we got a suction dredge. We came back. It was a 12 inch suction dredge that somebody has built up there in the mountains and never used it. And I mean, it's like brand new. And it's got a 1950s international pickup truck as the cab with all the controls in it and everything. Dudes, we got to figure out how to get this thing out of there and get it to work. Cause I, I mean, Larry and I. Oh no. Yep. Oh no! See what happens. Do we completely drop him? Yeah, he gets really excited, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I guess maybe, I guess maybe this is as good a time as any is to uh, let the cat out of the bag that you and I are both thinking, or but you and I are both planning on being up there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be there unless some terrible thing happens between now and then. Yeah, so you and I will be there from the. Well, the last week of July into the first week of August. Yep. And as Kib said, he's got, he can handle about 15 people there. So um, that's you, me, and, and 13 others. Well, right. Kevin, are you coming up? Uh, I was going to say, hopefully I'm in on the emails. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you bet. <laughs> so that's yeah. you and 12 others. And then um, I, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I'm laughing. I was laughing when Kib was saying that it's going to be a, a four to six hour drive. And everything I read about Fourth uh, of July Creek and those and those areas that we're going to be driving through, the first thing that came through my head was you and I sitting in that truck, telling the driver, "Stop here! Stop here! Stop here! Stop turn here. back! Yeah, stop here! Turn you it, stop turn and have back. a lunch break here. Take your lunch. Take an hour and a half." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me have my, my detector drive turning into two days just to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's thinking about making a camp up there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, I, I I really am interested to see those locations. And uh, as I said to Kib when I talked to him on the phone, it should be an adventure in itself. Just doing that drive over the Alaska Range and coming down into Gold Cream Creek. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. It's its own unique adventure. Right. And flying over it, it, it's when we when I first flew in there, we're we're going in in the small plane and, and everything, and, and uh we're we've got our headgear on and we're talking back and forth, and he's pointing out these different areas. And you you can just feel the gold. I you you see right. these areas where the old mining has gone on. And and as a as a prospector, you just start you just start you just start feeling everything that's going on. And now to have the ability, when he's got all that cut through, to just be able to be on the ground is, is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've been to Alaska three times, and all three of those adventures were amazing. Uh, I, all three, I found good gold, and and it just was an exciting thing to get out into some place in the middle of nowhere and uh, and be able to find some nice gold. Sure. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, I think that it's really going to be a great adventure for everybody. And, you know, I hope people are able to join us. Right. And what I'll do is I'll make sure that when this goes up and you get a full copy of this and everything else uh, for you to edit up and so on, I'll make sure that all the links are, are included down below right. where uh, you'll, you'll be able to contact Kib and how to, how to make your reservations and so on like that and then how to contact you and I. And I guess you and I will just work together to make sure that we don't, overfilling and that we've yeah, got no, everything. I, I think that there's a fair chance that we will get more people than, you know, 26 people that we could have besides us. Right. The, the two weeks. And, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, if they can't make the two weeks, there's other weeks. I mean, we won't be there, but there's other weeks people could come and participate in the adventure. Right. I, the, the camp opens up. Kim, what, what time is you, are you planning on opening? And welcome back. Welcome Sorry, back. Sorry, power failure here in the camp, so we had to, you oh. know, you oh. know, again, living on a oh. boat does have its disadvantages and its advantages. So yeah. one of those well, is uh, you do get those you, power spikes. Yeah, you were getting more and more and more cranked up, and I figured you probably oh. blew a transformer in the in the park out there or something. <laughs> <laughs> that you, you have a tendency to get cranked up, but Chris exactly. and I have been talking about uh, Chris and I have been talking about us coming up there the last week of July, the first week of August, that that two week trip and different things like that. But when are you opening the camp up this year? What what dates? Well, right now I've got it being opened up the last week of June for the public uh, at this moment in time. Um, I'm doing it a little differently on the scheduling this year. I've got to, again, we had people that were trying to, you know, again, get their own week so they could get their own high banker and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's just, uh, I couldn't do it that way this year. So, again, I started in July trying to fill up July. I've looked like I'm pretty much got July filled up right now. Uh, we've moved into the first two weeks of uh, August now. And we're starting to fill that one up. Um, so, uh, and again, uh, the last week of June is, uh, starting to fill up a little bit. So again, the best thing is to call me and we'll take a look at it. Um, I'll be moving out there, uh, in, uh, in April and start getting the camp going and start doing all the repairs that I need to get done and, and getting things to accomplish when I get there. So, uh, but again, I'm still uh, available for discussion, uh, on what exactly I'm going to be opened up. But again, depending on if the group's big enough. Uh, I'll be more than glad to be able to accommodate people and work it into the group. So, again, what I'm trying to make sure, again, I get people that want to do it by themselves. Folks, you can't do it by yourself, okay? There's just not capable of being able to move the, 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 the tailings away from the, bo the, the box and um, – you know, and, and doing the, the proper and getting enough gold. I get guys get upset. Oh, I didn't get any gold. And those two old people over there got all the gold. Well, it's because you wanted to do it by yourself. I keep trying to tell you it takes teamwork. It takes, you know, a deal to where you got to work together to make it happen. So I try to encourage that with people when you come come as a group. 
right. that way you're working together uh and again and and if one guy wants to drink more beer and 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 not to participate that does you know hamper and i'll give you shovels and you guys can go out and battle it behind the, the pay pile but um i do it again it works really great yeah bang bang work at the best of your capability uh, and come as a group that's what i'm really trying to encourage people um and again, if you want to come by yourself or you don't have anybody, I will try to pair you up with somebody so that makes it work. But again, trying to do it by yourself. And again, I don't, you know, again, I had people, I can do 10 yards an hour. Well, folks, you might be able to do 10 yards an hour, but that poor little box can't take 10 yards an hour. Okay. So. Right. Again, it's not the, the key of slamming the dirt to the box to make it profitable for you. Nice, slow, even feeding the box correctly. Don't let your pump run, you know, once you stop feeding it. Because, again, you don't find the gold gets washed out immediately. We, you know, us miners know this, and we try to teach you that you can't stop in the middle of feeding the box sit down, pop a Budweiser and start, you know, smoking a cigarette while you let your pump run because all that gold that you've been working hard for just went out the end of your box back into the creek. I appreciate it because I'll remind the creek eventually, but the big thing is that you got to keep it steady and keep that feed going steady. So again, I encourage people to make groups and if you got a great group coming, I will do whatever I can to accommodate that group to get you in there. So yeah. And it what just, you're saying, I'll just echo what you were saying because working that material, uh, that when I, when I was up there, there were really five of us that were more or less together and, and uh, bouncing back and forth, helping each other, trying to keep the tailings out from in front, uh, and and keeping that material going and just getting that cadence and taking the piles and working the the pay piles from both sides and then just sinking it down and just keeping that rhythmic movement going on was very very rewarding for everybody very rewarding it goes that way all the way up to my big operation when we're running with the big excavator you know you see me you know just lightly keep feeding it in i don't take big shovel throughs and throw them in there i like to feed it nice and slowly at an even keys and pails uh, even pace so that way it keeps everything good and washed and gets everything good and cleaned up so yeah yeah. Hey, uh, Kim, um, first time I'm coming to Alaska, first time I'm going to go to a mining camp in Alaska, what can I expect? What, you know, I mean, what's your advice to first time players? Uh, leave the cell phone at home. That's your best bet that I can always tell everybody is that, you know, I get people out of the, they get off the airplane and I see this. It's not working. It's not working. Unfortunately, no, it, uh, you know, it does work to a point. Um, and, and, and be prepared that internet is, you know, is probably not even close to dial up internet. And it, those are those things that you got to be prepared for on that. So there's the part that I like to tell people is be prepared. I'm off the grid. I'm at 2,063 feet above sea level at the base of Mount Kibi. So 
you're, you're, you're again not a lot of great of modern conveniences um you're coming to a real minor camp okay we are a real mine i tried to tell people that we're not a motel six and uh we try to keep it really kind of you know we're at the basic terms and we we still turn the power off at night and turn the power off during the day so um you know tv you know we try to have some tv at night or play some movies and try to keep that going for people if the satellites are all in the right positioning and we can pick that stuff up okay uh coming to alaska clothes wise is always a big deal for people uh make sure you you you, you know they ask well what should i bring in the way of clothes well bring enough clothes to for all occasions because you can start out in the morning with it being 35 degrees and cold and rain and rainy to being sunshine and 72 by noon by having snow hitting you in the head and hail by three o'clock in the afternoon so folks wow. you better prepare for all of the I mean, we've seen it all. I mean, uh, July 4th, oh, back in the 1980s, I bought a brand new jet ski and I took it out to Harding Lake and, um, you know, and I'm running around. It was rainy. I'm having a great time. By noon, I've got blisters on my shoulders from the sun uh, and having third degree you know, sunburn on my back to by four o'clock shoveling the snow off my trans am to get my 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 you know to get back to town so i've wow. seen it all and it does happen here in this great state so you got to bring clothes for all conditions now that doesn't mean you need to bring two weeks worth of socks and underwear because i do have a washing machine we're not that barbaric and i will be able to provide you some washing uh you know will help you clean your clothes and keep your clothes clean um but again that's on a limited basis you know, I had guys that would bring one solid clothes and they wanted to wash their clothes every night and warm their jacket up in the morning. Well, again, I'm not going to let you warm your jacket up every morning and, you know, work, be sensible when you bring the clothes that you bring them. Um, okay. Mosquitoes. That's always a big question I get. When I come to Alaska, what about mosquitoes? Do you have any, you know, are there bugs bad? It's well, a state bird. Alaska. Okay. And yes, we have bugs. Okay. Now the, the year will start with big mosquitoes, big old gnarly disc. I mean, you, you lose blood when these things land on you. All right. So again, we do provide mosquito netting. We do provide bug spray, but you know, the winds will pick up there in the Valley when the sun rises and the sun goes down, the winds pick up obviously coming off the mountains and they blow the mosquitoes away for majority of the time. But you still, you get out into the woods, you're doing some prospecting. Um, those, those son of a guns are going to find you. Okay. Now they lay their eggs in a, in, you know, quickly in the time. And then their offspring are these little bitty mosquitoes and they're the most kamikaze, nasty little things you've ever met in your life. And they'll hit you so hard. They'll knock you off your feet. Okay. Trying to get your blood out of you. Now, again, that's only a short time of the season for them to have. That's usually that month of June and a little bit of July. And again, the warmer the temperatures, the dragonflies will start coming out. Once the dragonflies, they're our friends. Once they start coming out, they start eating the mosquitoes and the mosquito population goes down quite rapidly. Um, and then they're like, oh, so we don't have any bugs in July. Oh no, that's when the gnats and the black flies all hatch and you have to deal with those guys. So again, yep. yeah. Folks, God didn't make the perfect. He made gold mining in the most hardest place that you have to imagine. That's why we have gold. OK, we don't have good fishing and, and no, there are no places where there's no we don't have any spiders. 
That's a good thing. And we don't have snakes. That's a good thing. Okay. But other than that, you're going to probably have to deal with what we do have to offer. Yeah. No scorpions, no snakes. Did find some little frogs one day, but that's about all the reptilian I've ever found in Alaska. So now there um, are daddy long legs out there. You don't have to bring a sleeping bag, Kevin. I'll, I'll provide you a sleeping bag and uh, some nice bedding and a pillow. Um, let's see what I do have flushing toilets. I do have instant hot water heater. So if it's a long day, I don't have your problem. They having you sit in that shower for you know, 20, 30 minutes and washing the day off because some days you just got to do it. So um, other than that, um, you know, excitement, okay, is always a big deal. Uh, but if I tell people also, I got to, again, I was telling Chris Roth the other day is that you, you got to come halfway healthy. Okay. If you have sure. any kind of uh, situations that I'm diabetic, I'm allergic to bee stings, uh, my back is bad, uh, whatever it might be, please be prepared to know that this is a pretty rough and barren place. So if you need immediate medical attention 911 doesn't work okay and it will take me approximately 50 minutes to get a, a helicopter a, you know somebody out there to get you and then get you back to town so that's always why I cautious people too is that it, we got to be prepared for we're in the boonies so let's be safe and if you've got health problems um, it may not be the best program for you. I hate to be that way, but it's really got to be safe. And, and again, yeah. I've had people shoot themselves in the legs with bull 44s, and I've had people have compound fractures riding motorcycles because they didn't pay on the trail. I've dealt with it all, and we've never had a death, and I want to keep it that way. So, um, yeah. and I do my best. I got, you know, I got a defibrillator there in case somebody has the big one and I'll make sure. And I just got done going through first aid course. I'm all recertified on my first aid. So I'm nice. just one notch below an EMT now. So, and he's also a ship captain. I am Captain Kibb. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Now, we're talking about all of that, I, I want to throw this out. I, I wear a CPAP and a lot of people wear CPAPs. The generator does go off. Um, you have ample batteries there as long as people know, as long as you know that people need a battery for their CPAP. Now, if you, if you run on a CPAP like I do, it is a very wise investment to go out and buy the inverter, the 12 volt, the 12 volt to 120 volt inverter. Uh, Kib will supply you the battery, but he doesn't supply you the inverter and it's up to you. When you check that battery and you see where the charge is on it, that you take it back over to the shop so they can charge that. Because there's nothing worse than having your CPAP machine go dead in the middle of the night and you're trying to sleep because you want to have a great day the next day and you're just, <clears throat> and it, it's just not going to happen. So get an inverter. It doesn't have to be a massive inverter. And if you have a CPAP, look at what the, look at what the voltage and wattage, look at the, the look at the specs. And you can buy those things online. You can get them just about anywhere. They're they're really inexpensive. The one that I the one that I have for having up at Gold King, uh, I think it was twenty one dollars. Now I say twenty five bucks is max you need to spend on one. Uh, yeah. And yes, we do have the deep cycle batteries uh, for people. And um, I had a guy last year, he, he came knocking on my door about two thirty in the morning. He goes, my, my, my battery's dead. And I'm like, 
man, that's really strange. So I go in his room and he's got his electric heater plugged into it. <laughs> I said, dude, well, now alive it's gonna run that electric heater so if you're cold let me get you another blankie <laughs> it's just like oh well, i thought i could run everything i thought no 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 so yeah but with the cpaps yes i do understand that and we do have you know those type of systems that will be able to help people on that situation you know again i do have led lighting battery power led lighting through the camp at night so that way again guys we got 24 hours of daylight so it's not like it gets that dark in there so then i do try to provide that for the customer so right and nice. i'll tell you from my experience there was nothing there that i felt was an inconvenience uh yeah because i've been in mining camps i've been in, in really hardcore mining camps where there's nothing when the generator goes off the world is gone and and things like that so you know the the ability to i i i just didn't i never felt inconvenienced if I wanted to take a shower at 10 o'clock at night after the generator had gone off, okay, I'm taking a shower in the dark. But the insta hot, the insta hot heater, that wasn't that wasn't an issue. So, well, we make sure everybody gets clean before we turn the power off. So we, we work hard <laughs> to make sure everybody's a, obliged and taken care of. Um, and I usually wait until it gets real quiet and then, then we turn the power off. So, and it's nice. I mean, for me, at least I get sleep because if you leave that generator running all night, that puts me to sleep. As soon as it turns off for any reason or it burps or it farts, um, I'm up out of that bed and then I never get back to bed. So uh, I, the, uh, the generator is one of those things. It's sure better to have it off at night. I sleep better for sure so yeah well and, and i know when i was first up there you were running the gym all night long feeling that you needed to accommodate i guess maybe even just possibly me with my cpap but like no 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 we don't need to do that and i noticed from that point on boy you just you slept better you were you were more friendly in the morning this guy <laughs> until he's had coffee chris kevin just as a forewarning when he rolls out in the morning he's he's, he's just bigger than life Big booming voice, just like he always is, but he's grumpy. <laughs> he's grumpy. Got to get that petrol on me first. Yeah, yeah. Were ready to rock. He's pretty yeah, grumpy absolutely. until that second cup of coffee, and then he starts to mellow out, and he'll sit there and start planning out the day and checking email and doing whatever he can, and then try to keep him from checking email. Try to get when we're there. Try to keep his head out of getting onto the computer because his frustration factor goes with the. Uh, goes along with the amount of bandwidth they has for uh, for uh, internet and right. it, it's, it's it's ugly it's ugly i just got so. to the point in the last two years i just don't even take it with me anymore again as i, I as move. i say as soon as i get on that airplane i leave it all in the truck and it's just easier just to leave it all in the truck and get out there and go to work and have fun and yeah, yeah it does that's again that's why i try to encourage everybody just leave it at the doorstep and come enjoy the week of what's there because it'll never be again. One day this is not going to be there. So, you know, I want people to get out and really enjoy what's there yeah. and don't right. let that internet get away. Yeah. So Chris, all yours. Hey, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. This will be my fourth trip to Alaska and all three trips. It was, you know, kind of roughing it uh, in a, a little camp and, uh, you know, getting out and finding gold. You know, yeah. it, it's an adventure and, and yeah, you're yeah. a long ways from anywhere. I have a question for you, Chris. What kind of metal detector are you are, uh, yeah, usually working with? Well, it's, 
metal detectors are tools, okay? And, and uh, you know, if you, you need uh, to unloosen a Phillips head screw head, you don't want a wrench to do that. You want a Phillips head screwdriver. And because the gold is a little on the small side at Gold King, for the most part anyway, um, I'm thinking the Gold Monster 1000. So uh, it, initially I was thinking, well, do I want the Gold Monster or do I want the 2300, which is also like a small gold pulse induction machine. And um, I'm thinking I'll just bring the 1000, but I'll bring both coils in case I want the bigger coil. Yeah. yeah. The 2300 works great. Uh, the, obviously, yeah, I'm a big fan of the monster. I've been converted by Mr. Kevin there. He definitely <laughs> has converted me to. I woke my eyes up to the new technology. I, I mean, I was floored that I was able to find pieces of gold the size of the head of a pen. Uh, and again, when you get done with a cut, and I can zip over that cut in five minutes and find gold that I've left behind. Gentlemen, that's 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 the kind of tool I want to use. Um, I'm just sad that I kept going to these, you know, the Radio Shack 599 special. So um, it really opened my eyes. But a reason I bring it up is that I see these guys come out with these GPX 7000s. And I understand that's a great machine and it provides a lot of, you know, finding, finding gold deep down. But I have never seen any sass on Gold King Creek with one. Um, usually customers end up buying my my monsters and going out and utilizing the monsters or renting a monster from me and doing much more. Uh, uh, I'm doing way better with that 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 machine. So, uh, But I have seen the 2300, and it does find that those little nuggets at a little deeper rate and really has brought some gold. So um, I have enjoyed that. Uh, but, again, I, I, again, I'm, I'm eager to see the new GPX 6000. I understand it's got a lot of potential coming forth, so, uh, but it is a little expensive unit from what I understand, but I would like to see it also. So, What GP6000? Uh, the one I got the oh, price. No, of. it exists. <laughs> Nobody's arguing that it exists. Yeah, I This know. won't tell you anything about it. I know. Oh, you haven't seen one either. Oh, so I'm not the only guy that hasn't seen one. I get, okay, good. Right. I thought I was just the unprivileged one, so. But the 800 has worked real well. I mean, obviously, it's a good machine. The small coil is definitely the way to go out there, um, and I've seen more results with that smaller coil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no, the 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 GPC 7000 at Gold King Creek is like trying to loose a loosen a Phillips head screw with a wrench. I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, if, absolutely. if there's places, there's if you're trying to loosen a big old uh, bolt head. You don't want your Phillips head screwdriver. You want a wrench. Yep. And and yep. so for Gold King Creek, uh, you know the seven thousand. It's a great detector, but it's not. It's for certain applications. And yeah, I, I had one. For I made the decision. Go ahead. I had one, and all I could find were uh, pieces of airplane parts that some airplane crashed in the creek, <laughs> and I'm in the creek pulling out aluminum tubes and aluminum for siding. I'm like. Oh, this is not a good deal. Somebody splattered here, uh, but it was an old fuel plane that crashed in the creek years and years and years ago. And then the, uh, the creek has just spread it down the creek. But man, I found more aluminum with that GPX 11,000 I ever found any gold. So, yeah. Yeah. And the the last time I was out prospecting uh, before the weather turned cold, I had my 7,000 and I found a nugget that weighed almost a quarter of an ounce with it. So, yeah. It's a good detector in the right place, in the right area, in the right application. 
Well, again, uh, that's probably one of those that people used it up in the big cut area uh, where all those big wash tailings are. If somebody really had it in there and used it as serious as they wanted to, yeah, they could probably come up with some bigger pieces in there. So, and in the future, we might have places for people to go to use that kind of machine. We're working on it. I know that's been a part, I know that's been a part of a lot of discussions you and I have had over the over the last couple of years as well. So, well, was I got a question. Uh, yesterday, I was uh, yesterday I was on a, uh, I was talking to a, a joint venture capitalist investor on a, another project I got going on, and I won't share the details yet. But he said, uh, "Yeah, I looked you up, and um, I gotta tell you." interesting article about you and i thought oh my god what did this guy found out about he goes yeah that kevin hoagland he did a real good job talking about you and i was like oh boy yeah he painted a good picture of me but yeah that's all me yeah i was like so thank you and again here i am out there trying to you know do one other thing and there my gold mining history pops up and i'm laughing and giggling going, yeah that's me so yeah thank you very much you know what there i i if i'm not mistaken and i haven't reread the article in a long time I think there were a couple of spots in there where I talked about you being a little bit on the grumpy side at times. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, yeah, I've, I run a pretty strict ship folks. So, you know, right, rock the line, do it right. And uh, my expectations are high and I'll go out of the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will. Uh, yeah. I let you know right away that if you're doing it wrong, I'll be yelling from the other side of the Creek on top of my dozer telling you, Hey, clean out that, that 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 those tailings there boys and get on it so but yeah i can be a grumpy guy when things ain't going right and again it's all about running that ship straight and hard so that's what we try to do right so you've talked about the gold hogs you've talked about the new mock the new boxes that you built is the prospector still up and running Mm-hmm. Uh, the prospector. Well, the prospector works quite well with the new bearings put in it. So let me tell you, uh, I put some new pillow blocks on it at the end of the last season. Um, and uh, we did a little bit of few more modifications to it. And uh, that is what Larry and I are going to take to the next level and start building that box. Because uh, I really think in the future, I would like to have a real nice couple rows of those set up uh, with with customers all being run off one eight inch pump or six inch pump that would be valved into that one deal. Again, saving us fuel uh, and being more economical. And um, and man, that machine is just you know, as old as it is. And um, tens of thousands, again, I'm going to say tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousands of yards. I have personally shoveled through that machine. Uh, It just keeps on ticking, baby. And uh, yeah, I did. I put the new bearings on it last season uh, at the end of the year. And uh, we were still shoveling gold right through that center of a gun. So, uh, and it runs very well. And again, I'd like to just build a little bit bigger version of that in a three inch uh, pump system. And uh, by that, again, you could be able to move more dirt with it and get more dirt through it and obviously a better gold recovery. So, uh, and again, working on that for the future. So, yeah, Uh, it's an incredible machine. And I I remember working one years and years and years ago when I saw that sitting out there, it was like, oh, man, this is this is old home week for me. Yeah, I don't know if any of how many of them are really left in this world. If I could find another one, I'd sure snack it up. But again, Larry and I have uh, put it on the plans. We're uh, we're going to build our own, and uh, as you well know, that's what we prefer to do anyway. So, and uh, we'll build a new one and a, a bigger version of it. So, yeah. 
How's the portable wash plant coming along? Did you guys get that up and running? Little, the small wash plant? Yeah, that's set up right there in front of the creek. Um, it, uh, last year, again, with the lack of customers, um, I had some guys come and we put together a special package and we call it uh, the PKC University. And I sat down with these two guys for, well, almost a month and a half and really explained gold mining and how to read the dirt, how to get out there and pan. And I actually let them run that plant and they did a great job with it. And it was a lot of fun. So again, that's one of those things that uh, for the right price, uh, I can be persuaded to come to the PKC University and we'll definitely show you uh, how it works um, and, you know, and, and, and give you a little bit of knowledge on it. So again, it's just a two man deal. Uh, and it's, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have a lot of fun with it, but it does give you the opportunity to understand the geology and do what we do and how we look for the gold. And, uh, it takes the gold rush shows, uh, to the level of what they don't show you on the shows. Okay. Sure. Um, I love how we can decipher where pay is by an XMR gun. Uh, is going to tell you where the pay is. And no, folks, that doesn't work that way. It's called a gold pan. And that's what you need to be able to decipher what where gold is. And um, and not just a pan, but more than one pan will be able to tell you if it's going to be a profitable venture or not. So I encourage people to, uh, you know, if it's something that really interests you, you can talk to me about it and we'll discuss it. But yeah, my little portable plant, 25 yards an hour. Um, and I feed it with a little old excavator by itself and it just zips right along. Um, but again, it's one of those deals that, you know, again, as you try to teach guys is that you can't hammer it and you can't push it all through because you can literally sit there above that little plant and you can watch that material go through the plant and you can see the gold in the riffles. And then all of a sudden you get all of this excited because you see gold in your ripples and all of a sudden you start dumping all kinds of gravel in there and then the gold's gone out of your box. You go, oh, well, where did the gold go? Well, you're, you know, you didn't feed, you had to slow down, slow down and feed it nice and even. And that gold will stay there. But as soon as you hammer that, that gold into those ripples and it gets too much gravel, it disturbs the turbidity of the box and the water, it will flush that gold right out. So good learning experiences for people. And again, sometimes I get up there and again, I try to show people what you're looking for when you set up a plant. And again, it's good to teach people what it really takes to set up a plant. You just don't pull it up there on the ground and plug it in and away you go. You've got to, you know, you got to know a little bit more about how, you know, how, what angle your box is at, what's your drop rate, you know, again, how much water to put through it. I mean, you turn an eight inch putt up on a, on a small box, you're going to be blowing gold right out of the end of it. So getting your RPM set on your pump rack, you know, and all that good stuff that goes through it and um and again getting out there and how you you know decipher where the pay run is going to be that's the biggest thing and the hardest thing trying to teach people especially in my area where you have that false hard pan and being able to identify the different types of rock and in there and again once those people get all excited uh then they want to dig through the hard pan how far can i dig down through that hard pan is there more gold below the hard pan oh folks that's uh, stuff that you got to learn as you go along and it all starts with mr gold pan so i have taught a lot i had one guy show up last year and he comes in and 
he starts telling me, oh, my gold, your gold floats out of the pan. There's no gold out there. And I'm like, really? I said, man, I've never heard that before. And he goes, yep, can't find a damn thing. It just floats all out of my pan. I can't, your gold just floats. So I said, well, you know, let you and I after dinner go over there and let's let's do some panning together. So I took him over there and boy, he fills up that pan and he puts about a shovel and a half in there, which, you know, me, I put four or five shovels in my pan. I can barely pick it up when I walk over there. He has about a shovel and a half and man, he's sloshing stuff all over the place, moving that pan and jumping it around. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He looked like he was having an epileptic fit there. I was like, slow down a little bit, buddy. And let's do this nice and slow. Then we cleaned all the rocks out of it nice and slowly. And um, when we got done, he had a pan full of gold. And he goes, well, that's not floating. Why is this gold different than the stuff? It's your panning style, folks. So um, I have the patience. I'll sit there. I'll teach you how to pan correctly and uh, and take that time to do it right. So and uh, and again, that's where you'll start having a lot of fun and prospecting correctly. So sure. And I, I think the three of us between, you know, me and Kevin and you. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to learn stuff there at uh, the, the two weeks when we're there. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a good opportunity. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like uh, just the price of admission is worth all the training you're going to get. The gold is just uh, gravy. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I I would have loved to have spent more time just out doing what I what I wanted to do while I was there. You know, kind of a vacation, but. Uh, with the number of people that were there and, and I just went into training mode and I had I really had no problem with doing that and, and taking I people out on, and taking people yeah. out into some of the different areas with the metal detecting and so on like that and, and running around with you looking at some of these different areas and, and you know just really getting the lay and looking at those things and then bringing people back into those things so they could see some uh, see some of the other opportunities because there's a lot of uh, other opportunities so absolutely yeah um i'll put a link in below and it'll be for everybody once it's up chris when you when you post this and, and you edit up for what you want um right. the links will be down below on how to contact kib to go ahead and book your book your trip uh we are go ahead chris i was going to say for booking the trip kid you want people to send you a deposit absolutely <laughs> so so <laughs> Absolutely. What kind of amount are we looking at? Yeah, right now, again, you know, it's more important. I got to have that deposit to get the fuel bought to get the fuel in there, folks. So that's the important right. part. People ask me, well, what about COVID? Guys, we'll get you to the mine, okay? I'm not closing my doors. I'm not rolling over. And I'm not playing dead, okay? The gold mine is going to be open. We're going to be mining gold. And we'll get you in there. And, and there's no better place to quarantine for 14 days in other than Fairbanks, Alaska, and the gold mine, okay? So we'll take care of you. We'll get you out of there. We don't stay around in town. I do not encourage you uh, with the coronavirus thing continuing. I would encourage everybody to get into town. I'll get you out of town as fast as possible uh, no matter what the situation is um, don't go to the bars don't you know don't try to go do a tourist deal because they will pick you up and they will sequester you and, and again it's just not one of those deals right now again people are still scared in Fairbanks and we don't need to provide that to them at this moment in time now if things lighten up before July and 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 before the summer gets here and the, and, and the miracle curl cures everybody then we can rock and roll full yet but if not we'll work within the guy 
guidelines. I've submitted my guideline practices. Uh, we will. So there's no better social distancing than in the middle of the Gold King Creek. And I make sure that all the sluice boxes are more than six feet apart. So don't worry about that. All right. I'll make sure. And you sleep more than six feet apart. So I try to make sure that you have your individual rooms. And again, everything is copacetic. We keep everything very sanitized and uh, we'll take care of everybody. So back to deposit. Yes, deposits 50 percent up front when we start booking and people payment up and we'll be ready to go. So uh, and again, you're probably going to have to have a covid test, be you know, three days before you come up. That's probably going to be mandatory, I would guess. So get your covid test before you come. Um, and again, there's a way to get here when you call me and you start booking. We'll talk about how to book the trip and how to get through um, TSA and the covid station to get uh, out to me immediately so we can get you out of there. So um, and a lot of people, you know, again, you know, don't don't be wearing, you know, I'm from Tallahassee, Florida on your T-shirt. That's not a good thing. Uh, sunglasses, dark sunglasses, good mask, hat pulled down and don't let anybody look at you and keep on rocking. So, you know, do the beard deal. They should look like an Alaskan. Don't shave. Maybe don't take a bath. They won't ask questions. Just keep on moving through the TSA. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all big, important stuff. So, yeah. And one of the things that Chris and I talked about that, that, we both feel very, very, that we're both very much adamant on is that the, the timeline that we were, that we, that was thrown out there was really because that's going to be after most of the population of the United States has had their vaccinations, both of them, so on like that, which will make, hopefully herd immunity will be somewhat there, but there's still going to be some concerns, but you know, as long as we can get through and get into Fairbanks, and as you said, don't socialize. If you have to spend the night, you know, if there's any way that you have to spend the night, the hotel right across the street from the airport, I know that they're sanitary, they're clean, the whole nine yards, all of that. So in and out as quickly as possible. But I will say, Kev, again, if uh, if it's Chris and I and, and Kevin and on that first truck going in, uh, that's not going to be a six-hour drive, man. It's not going to be a six-hour drive. Might be it's three a, days. Yeah, it, <laughs> three, three days sounds good. Yeah, it, I'll it's bring a wall tent in case we get stopped when we get all wrapped up into something else. So yeah, again, it, it's going to be hey, stop here, stop here, stop here, stop here. I, I can't wait. I can't and wait. We'll I disappear and we'll disappear for a few hours. So <laughs> again, I will make sure that we have uh, supplies and a and a wall tent that we'll be able to uh, survive <laughs> as we come in. And I I agree with you. Again, I, I I throw numbers out, but just from the beauty that I have been able to look at so far in putting the, the, the road in there. I, I, again, it's tough for me to even do it in that time frame. So it does it, every time I go, either I'm stopping or I'm panning or, I, Oh God, I got to get the metal detector out. And, you know, and again, I'm, and it just, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, it's two o'clock in the morning and I go, Oh, people are going to get pissed off that I'm not back home yet. So away I got to go. So, yeah. but yeah, it'll be a lot. That's that there will be an adventure within the event. Yeah. Um, and if you can't handle that, we will have an aircraft available to get you in and out of. So the aircraft is still available and we'll still, again, I had an old guy show up, 79 years old, and he had a 59-year-old wife, okay? You know, the old guy was doing pretty good. And he got out there the first day and he started digging. Oh, man, he got real quiet, didn't say a lot. Boy, the next morning, they, they didn't come back in for dinner. He showed up about 8 o'clock and ate his dinner and went to bed. 
Six o'clock in the morning, I go in there, eat my coffee. He was grumpier than I was. But, man, he was out that door. And that poor little lady was looking over her shoulder, and out they went. Another 14-hour day goes by. After the full week, I, you know, I like to take you up Creek and show you all my adventures and all my testing and the history of Gold King. So I went up to him. I said, hey, aren't we uh, jump on this four-wheeler and you and the old lady come up the creek with me and let me give you the Kib Cannon tour? And he goes, son. Take the fuel out of that four-wheeler and put it in my pump. I got gold to find. <laughs> that was pretty comical. He was oh. So at the end of the two oh. weeks, I walked up to her, and she's out there on the runway. She's got big old tears coming down her eye. And I said, well, what's wrong? She goes, I came to Alaska, and all I saw was a dirt pile for 14 days. And I was like, <laughs> Felt so bad. So, folks, God, I know you want to cut up, and I know the goal's there, and I know you get going on it, but you're going to have to stop, and you're going to have to take the seven-mile ride up the creek just to see Alaska one time and get it all in there. And if you want your marriage to be good, you may want to do that trip because I don't think it got very good for that guy on the way home. He may That's have right. got some gold, but, boy, I tell you, <laughs> she probably made it. She probably spent every ounce of that gold on him, so it was funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I'll say from the experience of it, that seven-mile trip to me, uh, I ended up doing that four or five different times just to go up and look at different things and, and hang out there. That 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 trip up to the to the uh, the old wash plant, man, I, I tell you what, that is that is that is Alaska. Yeah. And seeing seeing the mountain and and when the snow came in on the on those few days that 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 happened and and you just you go through so much going from the camp all the way up there and everything that you see every few hundred feet is something different and like where the old where the old settler was with the old settling camp and, and different things like that it's just absolutely unbelievable moose yeah. caribou eagles yeah. uh you know wolves fox I mean, the wildlife is there for you to, you know, to, to, to be able to lavish in and be able, well, I don't see anything, but just sit there and be still and be quiet and they'll be there within a few minutes because that's their, that's their home and they all live up there. We just get to be in their world. And uh, I respect those, those, those creatures up there and they are beautiful to be able to, to watch and, and, and partake in. So yeah. mm. it, was, it was amazing. It was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I love, I love Alaska. Everywhere I've ever been in Alaska, there, there's a very particular beauty of having the Bering Sea right in front of you and the tundra right behind you. And then going up into, uh, into the 40 mile country, all of that area through there. And, and uh, there's just, and then down where you are right now in Juneau and, and all through Anchorage, there's just this incredible beauty mm. about Alaska, but being where, you know, being being out on 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 the mine is it's just it's just you know I went up there one day I just took a quad and I went all the way up to the wash plant I went up to right up on that top pile turned off the motor and I just sat there for about an hour and it was just it was it was amazingly grounding it was it was everything that needed to be I know I'm done you're smiling because you do that every you do that all the time so it's it's. Uh, uh. The Fortress of Solitude is my favorite place to go. You know, I go up there and sit there, eat blueberries and, and go and, 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 and well, I, again, I just go up there and be kib. So that's yeah. what I do. So it's my point on the top of the mountain that I enjoy it more than anything. So, but you know, um, 
and it brings up, uh, you know, I will hopefully have, uh, it's no hopeful, uh, Kia Aura will be up and running here in coming up. Uh, Larry will be uh, capping the Kia Aura for four people at a time. Kia Aura is a 1969 uh, Hanson trawler uh, that will be our boat down here in Southeast. Because people have always asked me, do you provide fishing with your gold mining? And again, as I said earlier, unfortunately, God did not create this wonderful world with gold and great fishing together. Now, I will provide you with great gold. We have said that today. And our mission now is to provide you with great fishing on top of it. So um, these are be uh, very exclusive tours. Uh, we will not be, it will be very seclusive. So we won't be around other people. Um, and again, we will take you into bays and creeks that have never been metal detected that you well know by watching the guys on the Gold Rush shows that they're up there at Porcupine Creek, which is just 85 miles north of my current position and they're finding nuggets. So we will be offering a very limited uh, spaces. Uh, you can call me for the Kia or Adventure Tours. Uh, they are, uh, again, we've got that up and running. So that'll be also enhanced with it. If you want, you know, if you got to come to Alaska and do it all, come spend a week at the mine and then come down and do a five-day trip on Kia Aura. Um, I've got a couple people that have already signed up for that wonderful tour. And, uh, and again, there will be nothing other. You will go home with a smile from ear to ear with the the biggest Alaska experience that I could provide. And I guarantee you, uh, nobody else in Alaska will provide what I am going to provide for you because Larry and I have worked hard to get it to this point and we're ready to go. So gentlemen, I have crab to go catch. I have a yes. guy waiting on me currently with a boom truck to be loading up pots onto the boat here today. So we are, the sun is shining and down in Juno, that is not something we get very often. So I have loved talking to you guys today. But unfortunately, somebody's got to go to work. So I understand. I understand. And Kib, if you need to jump off, but Chris, do you have any last words or last questions for Kib? No, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing with you. And hey, I, I may be talking about that uh, boat-based uh, uh, tour thing too. We may talk about that in the future. We'll talk and, more about uh, the Indian, the, the Indian, and I'm sorry, the indigenous people of New Zealand. Uh, it's called, they use that in their greeting, Kia Ora. And that means hello, be well, be safe. So Kia Ora, my friends. So look forward right. to it. You definitely can call me on it. I'd love to have you. Uh, and again, it is a special trip that we've been providing. And again, there will be no other like it that you've ever experienced in your life. So um, mm. it's all, it's again, none of it is. That's why I call Eli, Gold King Creek, Alaska Adventures. If you want to venture in your life, you got to call the kid because I'm going to put it in there. So I promise you. Nice. So. Yeah. And Thanks, I can kid. tell you're getting answers. So go ahead. I can tell you're getting antsy. I'm going to keep everybody else on here for a couple of more minutes. Go out, get your get your pots on the boat, and go out and catch some crab. All right, my friends. Love you. Over and out. All right. Take care. Man, <clears throat> I, I, this is going to be an incredible summer. I, I, I just yeah. can't think of of a better way to spend a couple of weeks in the summer. I, I I had so much fun while I was up there and, and I, and, and again, I was really ended up just doing more training and, and working with other people than, than I really had for myself, but I still brought home. I, I did real well. I did very, very well. Yeah. yeah.
And well, I, I got to say, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I got the trips that I've made before to Alaska have always been great adventures and always done real well with the gold. And it's always a unique experience. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yep. Yep. Well, Well, I'm just thinking Alaska. What are you thinking? Oh, I'm well, I'm thinking it's going to be amazing. And I'm just thinking of all the things. I won't have very many clothes because I'm just thinking of all the things I'm stuffing in my suitcase. First thing I'm thinking, I got to have a recon. Got to have a recon sluice. So, yeah, that's, you know, and, and my uh, and I got to bring my Equinox. But other than that, I'll just have to figure out what I what clothes I'll be able to uh, to take with me. I might be wearing six shorts and uh, or six shirts and uh three pairs of pants on the on the plane well and what he said about layering or or, uh, how to dress and so on is so very true yeah there were mornings that i would start out where it would be in the in the high 30s low 40s and and you're pretty well dressed out and you get over there and you're running material and by noon it's it's you're down to you're you're down to your muck boots a pair of a a pair of um, uh, cargo shorts and a t-shirt But you don't take your gear and put it very far away because by one o'clock or two o'clock, it can drastically change. I've been a lot of places in Alaska, but I've never been in an area where it was so susceptible. It may have been the time of the year because I came in right at the first of June. Uh, But it was so susceptible to just almost immediate weather changes. And that was, there were days where Seriously, just at the end of the day, you you felt like you were warm, and then you felt like you were freezing. Mm, and we wow. had, uh, I and I've got a video of it somewhere. I've just I've got to find those files. But it was raining on one side of the of the lodge, absolutely clear blue sky on the other side of the lodge, which is thirty five forty feet away, you know, to the other side. Wow! And then fifteen minutes later, it was hailing on that side of the lodge. And still clear, and then it started to get a little misty on that side of the lodge as it started to snow on the other side of the lodge. And and it was not like the cloud just wasn't moving. The the temperatures were changing, and it was just really interesting because we went from rain and sunshine to mist and snow in in the matter of 15 minutes. And we're all standing on the front porch. You walk to one end of the porch and you're in the snow, you walk to the other end of the porch and you're kind of in a fog. And it was wow. It was just weird. So, um, yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to spending the time with uh, with Chris and 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 you, Kevin. I'm I'm just really looking yep. forward to this. Um, for everybody, I mean, please join us. I, it is it's going to be pretty limited, and and those spaces are going to be really limited. And and I know Chris has got a lot of people that want to go. I've got a I've got a number of people that uh, will just get in. So. I think it's going to be more of the, I don't, I, I hate to say it this way, but you know, it's, I shouldn't say first come first serve, but if you have any questions, no, but it is. Yeah, it, is. it really yeah. is. and if you have any questions, I mean, feel free to reach out to Chris, feel free to reach out to myself. Right. Um, we'll answer so, the questions the very best that we can. So are we putting in our deposits uh, uh, all together? In other words, are, should we be talking to you two about putting it all together to put it in? No, 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 all, on your own. no, 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 no,
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything, anything that has to do with the actual booking absolutely has to go through, through him because he, when he figures out fuel and, and, and everything else, look, the old trail, and he was talking about the, the, the old trail coming through. Uh, when I was there, there was one time that they had to fly fuel in mm. because the trail was in such bad, it was in such bad shape that they couldn't get a rig in. And then the next time they were able to get, they were able to bring a, a, a truck in or he brought in a six by and, and had fuel on it. No, I'm sorry. He was using the track vehicle. He was using his track vehicle with the fuel tank on it. But there's been times where the only way to get fuel into that place is 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 on an airplane. And when you right. start talking about that, you know, you think about then and this is where when you if you're thinking about coming up, think about being economical with what you do, like uh, not running your pump all the time and not doing this and not doing that, because quite frankly, you take a Alaska's got pretty high fuel prices to begin with, and then you think about adding that per gallon that per gallon weight cost onto an aircraft or onto something else. Um, right, fuel gets really really expensive, and it is and fuel is. I'll tell you what, fuel is a bigger commodity up there than a ribeye steak. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's when you have to fly it in, it's uh, north of ten dollars a gallon. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. He told me what he told me what one of his fuel bills were. I'll let him talk about that someday, but I'll never discuss it. Um, large, it, you just say large. It was <laughs> large. It it just when he told me, I just I I just I I just shook. I just I absolutely shook, and it just made me feel horrible. So, all right, guys, down below there will be links to get a hold of Gold King Creek. There'll be links to. Chris Ralph, professional prospector. There'll be uh, an email link for myself. And if you have questions, if you if you want to know, you know, a little bit more about Gold King Creek, definitely reach out to Kib. Uh, I got a funny feeling he's going to be on a crab boat for a few days, so it might be a little tough. Um, more than more than willing to, yeah. Just look, we'll see you there. We'll see you in Alaska. But we're and, we're talking the the last week of July yes. and the first week of August. Yeah, let me. I'll tell you what. We're going to be there. We keep talking about that, so let me actually do this. So we were talking about the week of the twenty fifth of July. Uh, that's the Sunday, the twenty fifth of July, through the seventh of August. So that for that fourteen day period there. So. Um, 25th through the, did I say 25th through the 7th? Yeah. So that's, that's the two week period that we're, that we're planning on being there. Um, gosh, I, most, got most guests will be there for a week. Most of the people coming yeah. in will be there for a week. If you have the money and, and you want to stay and there's space, you can stay for two weeks. Yep. But, uh, I, I like what Kib said about bringing somebody along. Um, it's an experience. And I know with my previous experiences in Alaska that it was always better having folks with me to share. You know, if you make a nice find, if you see something unusual, you experience something, it's great to have a friend or somebody there uh, that you can share the experience with. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There was there was one guy while I was there that was on pretty much on his own and and 
um, I'm more, you know, we kind of adopted him and just brought him into with everything that we were doing. And then it really changed his outlook of the way things were. Cause he just, I, I, I don't know if he just felt like he was an outsider or whatever, but, um, having those moments to be able to look in that look in the, the box of the, of the, of the big gold hogs and everybody looking at it and seeing the gold and sharing that experience or going up or going up Creek with, uh, with Kib and, and being able to to talk about those things and have that. Yeah. It, it's, I absolutely agree with you, Chris. If you, if you, if you're not, it, it, bring somebody, bring somebody, right. make yeah. it easy. So, and, and, but I, if you I, have to be by yourself, you know, there, there'll be other people around, but it's, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's an experience, you know, that you get to share. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is about sharing up there. It really is about sharing. So, all right, guys. Hey, that's it. I mean, we've gone almost two hours on this, and I'm not going to cut any of this out. I mean, this is going to be a this is going to be a long one, and I'm glad that Kib didn't drop any big big curse. Yeah, I was going to say there were some bombs. Yeah, I, for the first time, that's the first time I've ever had a conversation with him that the uh, the 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 worst thing that came out of his mouth was, I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't bad at all. You hear it on CBS now. So, so from all of us, from myself, Kevin Bell, Chris Ralph, we thank you for joining us. Uh, gosh, you know, get a hold, look at the Gold King Creek Alaska Adventures website, which is Gold King Creek Alaska Adventures and uh, .com. Take a look at the website, get some information there, reach out to Chris, reach out to myself, and we'll see you in Alaska. Sounds great. Yeah.